Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence one stripe at a time. Our first uh, guest, Greg Vandewalker. So, uh, Greg, I've known for a lot of years uh, with Great American Collaborants, Senior Vice President, IT Channel and Services. Thanks, Wes. And Kerry Simpson, uh, founder of Managed Service Pros, a lead generation company for the IT channel. Thank you. And uh, Pete Busum with Equilibrium Consulting. And I love your title, uh, Chief Balancer. Great to be here. And Juan Fernandez at ImageNet Consulting, uh, VP of Managed IT Services. Glad to be here. And last but not least, Mr. Alex Stanners, my fellow Tiger. He's our VP of Sales and Marketing. One of the things that I always love to do is uh, help the audience to get to know us all a little bit better. So just one interesting fact about yourself that people may not know. Maybe Juan will get you to start. Sure. So, you know, not a lot of people know a lot about my background, but uh, I, uh, me and my wife, ironically, if you will, uh, we met at a very young age. We met it actually in middle school and uh, we got married. The, I announced we were getting married on my 18th birthday and we actually got married a month later. So I was 18 and she was 16. I was her legal guardian for two years and had to make her go to school. So we've been happily married for all these years. And trust me, if you can imagine telling your wife you need to get up and go to school today, that is one hell of an interesting conversation to have. So uh, that's where we started uh, 26 plus years ago. And fun fact about me. Well, that is a fun fact. And uh, congratulations on uh, still being together. That's awesome. And uh, Greg Vandewalker, what about yourself? So in honor of our Canadian host, uh, West, um, I played hockey all my life through a couple years uh, in college, and I was a goalie. So that might explain uh, some of my quirks, uh, taking too many pucks to the head. And uh, Carrie, how about yourself? An interesting fact that people may not know. Uh, I was a Muay Thai fighter for seven years. I've trained with um, Kenny Florian, Patrick Cote, uh, Mark Delagrado was a coach of mine for a while. I had the opportunity to train and fight in Thailand, uh, but most of my training and fighting I did with a gym in Toronto. And uh, Peter, what about you? So I'm mild-mannered and calm in nature, uh, but most people don't know that I'm a novice race car driver. I, I uh, race uh, older Nissans, and uh, I don't know if I can convince my wife with my new acquisition, maybe I'll find a way to get that out on track with my new GTR. And uh, Alec, what about yourself? Um, you know, plenty of stuff we could all go into. I, I, I guess uh, you hit on it. Um, used to travel a lot for the MSP space, uh, worked with businesses all over the globe. So last year, I actually finished the year at 219,000 air miles, which was a hell of a year, but a uh, pretty cool experience overall. Wow, that's absolutely crazy. I doubt you're going to keep your status this year, just saying. It's already extended. I'm good. Then they rolled them, they rolled them all. Yeah. Rolled all of them, yeah. So I was looking on the web a couple of weeks ago for some information on what's happening around the world and what people's sort of temperature is as far as what's going on uh, out there thanks to COVID and how consumer behavior is changing. One is that there has been a huge shift to uh, value and essentials. So people are less in buying moods for things that they want um, because they're cool or because it'll enhance their lifestyle and more because they actually kind of need them, right? Uh, the second thing is the flight to digital and omnichannel. Uh, Omnichannel is one of those uh, expressions that's uh, out there in the world, which most people scratch their head at, and I still do. 
but uh, kind of the short view of that is that their their buying habits are being influenced by more than just one channel. So it's not enough just to have a good website. It's not enough to just have a good e-commerce platform that you've got to work through social channels, through email, through user recommendations, through peer reviews, kind of everything else, right? So the purchase decisions are really, you know, being driven by a lot more factors than ever they used to be in the old days. There's also a big shock to loyalty. And this is probably one of the big negatives is that um, a lot of uh, people that traditionally would buy from a certain provider, probably because of the shift uh, to that first point that we look at, the shift of value and essentials, are not as name brand loyal as they used to be. When we talk to salespeople, how are they looking at the marketplace and how is that affecting what they expect? 74% say that they expect sales opportunities, uh, that they're in decline, that it's noticeable. 65% report that they've lost deals to COVID, so that deals have completely fallen off the table. I was speaking with a dealer yesterday about a deal which was uh, in the works and which got reduced dramatically um, because they re-looked at everything when they were considering how many people were coming back to the office, et cetera, right? So definitely some losses in business. Uh, 83% of those surveyed noticed lower buying rates in general. Um, 50% say that uh, purchases like big ones have been postponed. Uh, so they're not off the table, but they're definitely taking their time. And 67% don't expect to hit their sales targets. So what did we say on those numbers? It was over 70%. So we're pretty much in line with uh, how the, you know, the marketplace globally is, you know, kind of experiencing this, right? Let's get into some discussion. So one of the things that I do want to talk about, we've looked a little bit about at the surveys about what kind of the buying habits are looking like and how sales reps are feeling. I want to hear from you all what your experience is with this current economic reality today. Uh, the good news is most of you are in different channels. Uh, one, I know that you encompass both the office equipment world as well as the managed IT services world, Greg, you know, so do you, you know, Alec and the same thing and both Peter and Carrie have some expertise helping people with their sales and marketing engines. So. Let's start with Carrie. What are you seeing out there for the current economic reality with your with your customers? What are they saying? Uh, well, we allowed any customer that wanted out of their contract out of their contract at the beginning of COVID-19, and we lost 80% of our managed services outbound practice almost overnight. But wow. that was preferable. Like for me, that was preferable. I didn't want to have to fire people one at a time as I was unable to um, support them. Yeah. Uh, so we were fortunate we received PPP funding from the U.S. government and that covered our payroll for now about three months. So we didn't need to terminate or lay off anyone. We, we were fortunate that that was the, our experience all throughout the pandemic. Without the PPP, I probably wouldn't have had to terminate anyone, but I likely would have to maintain my margins. Yeah. So our MSP clients were, I don't know if they were hit hard, but they definitely anticipated that they were going to have some um, loss of revenue. And I think they wanted to get out in front of it like all of us. So I don't even know that, I'd say half of the people that I've spoken to that left our client roster didn't experience the loss of monthly recurring that they were expecting, but they absolutely experienced up to a 75% loss of predicted revenue for projects. Yeah, so there was, you know, obviously some challenges, but on the other side of the business, our vendor practice had never been healthier or more aggressive. All of a sudden there were no trade shows to go to and everyone that was like, Ooh, telemarketing was like, Oh, telemarketing. So <laughs> that did, we did all right there. And uh, some of you may know, I mean, the pandemic was pretty good for me. My company was acquired last week. Yay. So, congratulations. Thank yeah. you. There was a lot of blessings for us through the pandemic. Like I got out of debt, for example. So I think there was a lot of, um, 
a lot of immediate, like, how are we going to mitigate this? What are we going to do? And I was like, okay, not as bad as we expected. And I'm seeing a lot of people now making big investments in things like their infrastructure, right? Like uh, people are like plowing the building next door to them to put down parking lots. And like, they're just making investments with things that the PPP loan covered their payroll. And now they had like three months worth of money to do something with, plus the idle loan. So everyone's got all this free money floating around right now. Anybody that didn't need it to begin with is now thinking of uh, creative ways that they can invest those, uh, you know, 1% interest idle loans. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'd like a little of that cash. And uh, Juan, what about yourself, current economic reality in your world? You know, for us, it was an interesting time, right? If, if you can think of anything, the last thing you want to do is stop selling. And that's the first thing that we did. You know, I, I would say that we just paused. You know, everybody's like, oh, my God, we really need to get it in front of this. I said, just stop, stop don't sell anything, stop doing renewal, stop doing all this stuff, let's go and help these people. And we really just buckled down and just went to, you know, just went to market and started doing podcasts, giving business advice, bringing good ways to stay productive, ways to go to market, ways to go out and, and actually take care, take, take advantage of technology that was available to them for low cost or even had some of our vendors that donated some technologies that were helping businesses stay moving during that time. For us, it was really important for us not to to sell anything and to actually help. And I, I think that that wow. really, really helped us a lot move the needle forward because it built a lot of uh, reputation and credit with those particular individuals that now the print side of the house took a massive hit, but the managed services side kept going. It kept growing and growing and growing. And it was ironic because we weren't selling anything. They were just pouring in the doors looking for technology solutions. So we said, hey, this is working. Just let's just keep going down this road. And now a lot of those customers are giving us referrals and, and really and, and moving forward on that. And we're still not pushing a lot, but we're just we're still helping. And so it just changed our whole mantra overall. I think MSPs as a whole, to Carrie's point a moment ago, they saw a huge growth. They were all afraid that their customers were going to leave because we're so used to as MSPs used to being the guy that gets cut first. This was the first time that MSPs actually stood in one so it was kind of an interesting time and i hear that all across the channel so it's an interesting time to be in technology do the right thing and the money will flow right yeah i said one thing during it i said who you are during this time is going to be who you're remembered by after this time i've always had a profound respect for uh, ImageNet, and uh, after that story even more so so thank you and Greg, that. let's talk a little bit about your economic reality and you're in the world of money right i mean that's uh we're in the money world. Yeah, we're in yeah. the money world. And if you think about the Great America business model, the bulk of what we do is is actually finance the MSP's customer. So we have hundreds of thousands of end users across the U.S., and it's a very diverse uh, portfolio. We don't have a lot of uh, concentration in any one industry. So when you think about when COVID hit, there were certain Little, little slices of a segment that just shut down. We have a big portfolio, for instance, with MSPs who focus on dentists. Dentists stopped. So, you know, a lot of them went out of business. Uh, we had to do a lot of extensions where we gave them one, two, three, four months of a break, you know, hoping that things would come back. And we certainly had uh, some write-offs, uh, you know, uh, just people went out of business. So we definitely took a financial hit uh, from that perspective. Um, you know, sitting where we are today uh, and compared to what we were thinking early on, it actually hasn't been as severe as we thought, um, which is the good news. Um, you know, to the point that we've already heard a few times, 
the MSP business, they really didn't lose a lot of customers. When I look at our collaborants, again, when I look at the end users, how many of them went out of business, not many, fairly flat. Project business has absolutely slowed down. Uh, we have a big portfolio in the copier space. Um, you know, we're certainly not hitting our number as those deals are shrinking or, or getting put off. But I'm still pleasantly surprised at the activity that we are seeing today. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. So it's nice once in a while when uh, some of your projections are actually off, especially when it comes to uh, the idea of actually losing less money than you'd expected, right? So that says that a lot of the customers out there are still healthy, and I love to hear that. So Pete, how about yourself? So we kind of saw a very mix of what everybody else saw. So initially, we saw a lot of contraction and people worried in the IT uh, managed service space. Uh, most of our customers were concerned. PPP money came through for them and their customers. So as restrictions were lifted, we saw them do a lot of project work. So our customers are very busy with project work, but as Greg was saying, they're not financing right now. They're not looking for the money because that PPP gave them that money to do those projects. So, uh, you know, the managed service, at least our customers are never have been so healthy, but what we're seeing contraction in is net new managed service sales. And going back to a lot of people are saying, okay, we want to move managed service providers right now, but we're just a little hesitant right now because we just don't know what we'll get and if everybody is still fully staffed because they've had to contract or whatever in their own small business. So there's been a little bit of that. So when you talk about the omni-channel, we've had to shift dynamically and very quickly to using more and taking on practices that we typically shied away from. Uh, cold calling is one like with, as Carrie said, everybody was much more open to calling because um, less face-to-face. -face. We had to launch a PPC program instead mm -hmm. of just our organic. Uh, we had to move into online advertising on LinkedIn with very pointed and and list management going into LinkedIn to attract. And, you know, it was rough because we, we were in uncharted waters and our customers knew that. And so um, we lost one or two customers, but we have actually added business probably by a third. So we're well ahead of where we wanted to be at this point, you know, in our projections. So I, I'm in a very mixed environment because the, the MSPs know they need to market and, and they're looking for it. And as a matter of fact, we have we have multiple meetings just winding up this week for a couple of new clients. So, you know, one, one of the things I really liked hearing there was the fact that you've actually uh, taken the opportunity to actually change some of the ways that you go to market as well, right? So, yeah, Alec, what about you? So from the Tiger Paw perspective, I know this one a little more personally, but come on, share it. What's the uh, market like for us right now? You know, we, we saw a little bit of a dip um, in the very beginning. I would say a lot of projects just pushed off for at least that first month or so. Just um, like the said. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, for us, though, we are mission-critical software. So if you need a Tiger Paw, it doesn't matter if it's, pandemic or no pandemic, if you need that in place, you need it in place. And if you don't have something like that in place and you have no idea what's going on in your business, then now is the right time to get those finances and everything in order. You know, I think as a whole, a couple people touched on it, Carrie hit on it and uh, a couple others. Project work definitely slowed, I think, in the beginning, but I've seen kind of a resurgence of that because for the first time ever, your clients aren't in their office. 
Like how easy is it to walk in there, pull out a server or rerun lines or do the phones? I mean, it's, it's the most ideal circumstance you'll ever have not having to go in on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I've seen a ton of that. People posting pictures of uh, all these cable runs and different things that they have the time to do because nobody's there. Yeah, I, I think um, it's weird because for so many years now, we beat the drum of find your niche, you know, drive it home, whether you're dental, right, Greg touched on that, uh, or your legal-specific MSP. I think that's been driven for so many years, and some people have done unbelievable with it and built some really great practices, but this was the first time where that, that mantra kind of fell apart a little bit, um, depending on what that specific industry you tackled was. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch what the shift happens going forward from that. Do people diversify a little bit more? Do we still see those heavy, heavy focused uh, MSP practices, or is that kind of a thing in the past? So we actually did, did a couple novel things, and, and I can't take credit for it. One of our customers came and downloaded a PPP list from their state, and then we sorted it down and broke it down and then bounced it against lists that we have been marketing to and then targeted to the people that had received PPP funding. People that have um, money. People that have money, right? And uh, through LinkedIn, we were also able to look at more data analytics and do some more data-driven type things. And actually, even though we went out and we did a very broad base when we built the audience because you know we could go and upload a list, but we wanted to hit more people, right? And LinkedIn let us do that. So it, it allowed us to really look at the markets that were responding to the advertising and the titles that were responding so we could get more targeted in, in some of our outbound collateral that we were pushing to them. And so it, it let us really get very granular for our customers and let them get to somebody that was more um, apt to talk with them or buy from them than just doing the, the proverbial carpet bomb approach of we've got email addresses, we, we, we call, we email, we boil it down. It, it really let us take all that data and bring it into one source. So we, we really got into some really good solid data driven type analytics now and and uh it's paying some dividends for yeah, our customers. I am absolutely shocked at the amount of data <clears throat> that's available to help us in our decision making criteria. Yeah. Uh Greg, how about yourself? What uh you know kind of novel things have you guys been doing over at, at Grid America or at Collaborance? Yeah, I'll get into that. But before we get into that, you know, just speaking to MSPs out there, you know, when you hear Carrie's number where Overnight, 80% of her MSPs dropped off. You heard about Juan, hey, we stopped selling for a while. One of the disturbing things that I still see today are MSPs, they're just not doing much. So to be a contrarian, actually do something. Go market, be aggressive, get on the phone and call because there is still a lot of people that are in just let's, let's hold off. So um, just go do something, okay? Uh, one thing that we did at Collaborance is we've invested heavily in video. Um, we've we built a portal over the past six months, and it is very, very video heavy. It's training, it's education, it's how-tos, um, because it's it, you can leverage it. Uh, we do assignment selling. That's part of the, our whole marketing philosophy of they ask, you answer. And, and just trying to make it so simple for the customers to consume you can control the message, it's consistent messaging, it's one-to-many, very efficient once you get those uh, assets built. And we've been very, very pleased with the results so far. 
do something by five o'clock, please. <laughs> Again, that, the, the strange thing is, is that's a contrarian position uh, because there's still just so many people not doing anything. I've got one partner. I'm going to ramble here a bit, but he's got two reps, 175 calls a week. They've been doing that religiously. And now their sales aren't going that, I mean, they're, they're doing okay. But one of the mantras we have around Great America is if you're in second place in enough lines, eventually the incumbent is going to fail. And so they're doing a really good job now of getting in second place in line after line after line. And so eventually it will break through for them. And so, again, again, getting on the phone, that's not very creative, but do it. And Alec, what about yourself? What kind of uh, novel things have you been doing during the pandemic to change the conversation or have you had to? Is it just, are we doing the same things? Yeah, I mean, uh, so twofold. I think on the Tiger Paws side, we changed the conversation a little bit. We help people look at uh, you know, a tool like Tiger Paws, uh, very all-encompassing. It does so many things across your business from password management to the finance side of things, quoting procurement. So we did a lot of look at what is your true cost for your solution today? You know, what are you paying for your PSA with your password management, your quoting procurement on top? How, how much is all that adding up to? So we took a real look at that and we helped MSPs save on average about 40%. But then on the MSP side, uh, Greg just hit on a great point. Video is king. It's how we digest stuff in our social lives. It's how we digest stuff from a business perspective a lot of times now. I'm seeing more people than ever pop up on my LinkedIn with a video message than yeah. the inaugural, I just connected with you, so buy my stuff. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think the uh, the other nice thing I've yeah. seen, um, I saw a couple of MSPs, uh, for instance, there's a company I used to work with a lot, TechVera, um, and Reese, the CEO down there, is a great guy. He, he understands the market very well. He stood up and he said, I'm going to be an education-forward uh, seller. And so he started doing sessions weekly, great webinars, marketed them really well, and they got out there and they've done very well through the pandemic. But he was out there and he said, I don't expect sales today. I don't expect sales tomorrow, but three, six months from now, this is going to add up. And that's exactly what Greg was hitting on there. So I love the point. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot back to the point that we talked with MSPs about was whether it's you're buying our solution or you're looking to sell your solution. Whatever you're doing today will make an impact 30, 60, 90 days from now. And you've got to start thinking in the future. I know we're all reactive since ever this, you know, as soon as this thing hit, but we have to get out of that. You know, because you're never, you're not thinking ahead. You're not going to plan for the future and you're not going to be successful. You're just constantly horrible game of catch up. And uh, Juan, I know that you sort of, uh, you know, introduced this idea of actually doing good and uh, letting some of that follow th come through to help with sales as well, right? And I do love that message because that, again, is doing something. It's just a right. question of where that activity is directed. That is very different. How did you guys come to the decision to, you know, to kind of do that? Because obviously it means that, Financially, you could. You said, look, we're in a position right now where we can actually help our customers more. You know, talk about that. You know, for us, it's we've been talking about this for some time, right? So in 2000, late 2018, early 2019, we started to look at the way people buy. And we started to look at forecasting the future of the future buyer. And we started to really notice, okay, there's an emergence of the millennial market space coming in here. And we need to really start targeting our products toward this and getting behind initiatives that actually they can buy into. And, you know, that it wasn't that we're trying to manipulate the opportunity. It was just that the timing all fell together at the right time. We found that there was an opportunity for us to be able to provide value and really allow people to win with us and that content prior to getting to the deal table. And, and really the opportunity there was just, you know, giving them what they were looking for. 
You know, they're looking for answers to specific problems around technology solutions that they were wanting to incorporate into their business. So we really paid attention to what people were looking at buying and what they wanted to do with their business and where it was going and kind of, you know, looking at the strategic vision of all of our customers and our QBRs and really trying to say, okay, if I threw this rock over there, where is it going to land? Okay, let's pick that point and start talking about that and guiding them down that path. And so it really gave our salespeople a leg up whenever they're having a conversation or making introductions because if you've watched any of the podcasts or if you've seen any of the webinars, you already felt like ImageNet was a brand you want to do business with because they understood my business. And so even though we stopped selling, it was still it was still giving the you know building value within that market space. And so when we started to think about it, we really just said, hey, stop. Let's just stop everything. You know, this I love it. The new door, the front door has changed, right? It's no longer I can go knock or find a no solicitation. There's no more no solicitation marks on any of the doors. All the doors are open to us. So let's let's be very cautious with our first impression. And and that's that's kind of how we stepped into it. Yeah, I, I kind of do what you do. I'm from the the camp of I call it side door selling. You should probably yeah. write a book about it someday because every time I talk about side door selling, people say, What are you talking about? But <laughs> what I'm really talking about is pro provide enough value. And right. people will want to work with you, right? And it's like right. they'll remember those kind of things. So again, to Greg's point earlier, when he said do something, that's doing something. Right. And I think that's the message I'm hearing from everybody is that although we may be doing different things, we got to do something, right? Hey, uh, just in the interest of time, I do want to ask just if you had one piece of advice that you would give uh, folks out there right now regarding sales and marketing in the age of the pandemic, what would it be? And uh, Juan, I'll start with you. Well, I think everybody has said it so far, right? And I think that we talked about it a minute ago. Get out there and start talking about your brand. You know, create your brand. Get all your salespeople engaged. Make sure that every one of them is, you know, out there engaging with, you know, your customer base or at least getting some contacts on LinkedIn and on social media and touting the brand of the organization or even their own personal brand or bringing some relevance to your product. And really get out there and start making some waves on on helping people and really helping them win with your product before you guys get to that deal table. It's so much easier to have a conversation when you can send them a nice follow-up email of a bunch of different videos and a bunch of content that they can look and see who you are and realize that you're they can trust you as their advisor because you are somebody that is in the industry that's having a conversation that people are looking to for advice. So do something to Greg's point. If anything, you know, if you're going to send emails, then send emails. But definitely make sure that you're 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 out there engaging with those potential future customers. I love it. So the word I'm going to take from that is engage. And uh, Carrie, what about you? One piece of advice for MSPs right now: you can't afford to ignore the channels that you personally find offensive. Right? Like there's lots of marketing styles that I don't appreciate. I hate getting email. I, um, I'm i getting more email this week than I've gotten in my entire life because Tracy uh, has moved on and Tracy is the one that did most of the stuff. So I didn't get more than like 10 emails for the, a day for the last two years. And now I've got like hundreds of them and it makes me angry, but I still have to deal with them. Right. If you don't like cold calling, it doesn't matter. You aren't your prospects. If you don't like getting email, it doesn't matter. You're not your prospects. You can't ignore any of the things that are available to you, especially the free ones, it costs you nothing to pick up the phone. It costs you nothing to send an email. You don't have to hire anybody to do it. You don't have to pay us. You don't have to like get on the phone for 20 calls a day. It will change your business in two quarters. 
And uh, what I'm taking away from that one for Carrie is take your medicine. You don't like it, doesn't matter. It's good for you. <laughs> just, just do something. Yeah. <laughs> do something. And how about you, Peter? One uh, piece of advice for our listeners. I think it, uh, you know, the, the do something theme has been pretty consistent along here. Uh, my, my words are always uh, be seen, be heard. Uh, there's always a way to be seen and there's always a way to be heard. Uh, it's just a matter of what your level of creativity is to be seen and be heard. So just because you can't do face-to-face, -face, um, go out and do something. Like we we uh, we were great, and, and uh, you know, the latest thing was the Channel Strong that went around to 13, 15 cities in three weeks and it, small crowds, but it was something different. It was creative. It was out-of-the-box thinking, and, you know, you're seen and you're heard. And it created a lot of discussion. It created a lot of hype. And, uh, you know, every MSP can do the same thing in their own community. So there's so many ways to do it. Be seen, be heard. The great way to be seen and heard because you're actually making a difference too. So, uh, Alec, what about yourself? One piece of advice for our, our uh, audience today. The biggest thing I'd say is you are a business owner. You're selling to business owners. Remember that. Um, there's nothing stopping you picking up the call and just saying, how are you doing? Um, you know, it's a real simple question, but it's really powerful. It goes a long way. Um, and calling them and not just saying, Hey, uh, are you ready to buy that server? Or, Hey, are you, uh, it's almost time for you to renew on that ink. We get, we get another order out to you. Just how are you doing? That will go so much further for you. And you know, like Greg said, it's activity, 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 right? And that's been the recurring theme, I think, across all of our advice here. Um, but you, the biggest thing is you just can't, you can't sit still. You can't not do anything. Um, saying that you can't call because you don't want to sell during this time is the wrong choice. Sometimes it's just maintaining that relationship. If you don't call that customer throughout this whole other time and somebody else does call and make that connection, that might not be your customer for much longer. You know, get that activity. And I like what you're saying about the, uh, you know, asking your customers how they're doing, right? And I actually wrote a blog about that because it sometimes gets ignored as we're moving through this whole thing. People are like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's how my day is going, right? It can make a big difference in the in the sales process as well. I'm a big believer in in the genuine stuff. Um, as Juan said, one of the you know the best ways, and we feel this at Tigerpaw, uh, to really help people is to help people. So we produce a lot of great content. You can check us out at TigerpawSoftware.com. Uh, you can also look at our blog series, uh, which is at uh, blog.tigerpaw.com, and of course Tigerpaw Radio at Tigerpaw.com. One company, Tigerpaw Radio. So uh, to everyone uh, here on the call today, thank you very much uh, for talking about sales and marketing during a pandemic. And I'll finish by saying happy selling. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more, please be sure to visit www.tigerpaw.com podcasts. You can also subscribe through your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing and keep that inner tiger strong.